When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to WrestleWolf. I am Damian Gibson. This is Reconsidering WCW Nitro, uh, episode six. And joining me, as always, is the mystery, the enigma. It's Matthew. Hi, how are you going? I'm good, man. Are you okay? <laughs> you, you, were, you were really taken aback by me saying hello and asking how you were. No, it does, your tone was so kind of like upbeat and gentle before we started recording, and then that was quite sort of efficient to the point. I was a bit taken aback by it. Well, I just think it's the it's the um, sort of like global coming together, the holding hands, the we're all in this together thing. Where I'm like, just want to just want to check that everything's cool before we get started talking about wrestling from you know twenty. That's fair enough. That is completely fair enough. I did that to a friend today, actually, who is a works in the arts and doesn't have a job at the moment, and and so I just checked in on him and he asked if I was okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it's just not something that you usually do, you know, like especially with guys and stuff, you don't just out of the blue go, hey, man, you okay? doesn't happen very often. And so I did that today thinking I was like this great friend and it just became this weird, awkward social interaction <laughs> where he's like, are you okay? I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. He thought I was reaching out to him, but I was just, anyway. Right now he's sitting there going, oh, God, I wish I had handled that better. Like, he's obviously not really coping. Um, should no, I call him? Should, it'd be weird if I called him. I should him. probably call him. I should yeah. probably call him. Anyway, he just keep, sits us, in, keep us updated if he if he calls back. Uh, he just, so I will. I'll let you guys know on the next episode. He just sits in his study talking to someone called The Mystery about <laughs> wrestling. I don't know what. I, I really think he's wish having a nervous had, breakdown. I wish we had have uh, <laughs> workshopped my name before starting this. I feel like I could have come up with a really cool one. We can still change. We're only in episode six, you know. Yeah, I might say I might I might try out some new names. Um, you know, mostly based around Max Muscle, who's not on this episode, but uh, see what we can do. Um, yeah, man. Look, whatever you want to be called. It's twenty twenty. You 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 tell me what you want to be called and we'll we'll make it happen. We have the technology. <laughs> <laughs> um we are in the as Eric screams into our earballs uh this week, we are in the Windy City, Chicago, Illinois. Uh this episode was well, I don't know if it was oh no, it's live. So it was filmed on the sixteenth of October nineteen ninety five. Um, and the guys, we we see them. Uh, the lights come up, and the guys are having a bit of fun. Matthew, they're uh, they got their backs to the camera, and uh, it's like they they didn't realize that the camera was behind them, and they're talking to the audience. And then eventually, Mongo realizes that they're not facing the camera properly, and he picks up Eric and turns him around so Eric can continue to do his intro. And they're also wearing some Chicago Bears uh, shirts because they're in Chicago. And um, and it was it's the ten year anniversary of a Super Bowl win. That's basketball, right? Super well, Bowl. Yeah, we're not we're not here to talk about anything other than wrestling. All I know is uh, this had nothing to do with wrestling. I don't know if this joke was uh, good in in uh, twenty five years ago. Um, like you know, some sometimes comedy ages poorly. Um, I'm going to give it. Maybe this was really topical and and really clever back then. <laughs> um d- before people start adding me that was that was a poor attempt at a joke i know that the super bowl is obviously what you win um when you win the nhl so um the 
Uh, so <laughs> every week we're trying to distance our American listeners. I, I, feel, <laughs> I feel really bad. Anyway, um, Bobby announces, no, Eric announces that the Hulk's here. Thank God, because God, what were we going to talk about if Hulk wasn't here? And um, now I was a little confused. Bobby announces that he also knows that the Hulk is there, which is good. It's good that everyone knows the Hulk's there. Hmm. But he knows something that Eric and Mongo don't know, which is a restraining order has been put on. <laughs> but he doesn't say who. So doesn't, doesn't matter. What do you mean? <laughs> well, I didn't even notice. So clearly it, it worked for me. I was like, some someone's put a restraining order on Hulk Hogan and he can't get into the building. Well, no, but that's what I thought initially. But then I was like, no, 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 it has to be, the restraining order has to have been put on the giant and the Taskmaster because they shaved the Hulk's moustache off. Yeah, and it, the the I don't want to describe uh, the attachment to the moustache <laughs> later on, but it, it gets really unhinged about how important this moustache is, uh, like really unhinged. Um, also, while this is going on, um, the the uh, Sting, the Stinger, is back um, wearing the US title that looks so nice. I don't know if you had a good look at it, but it's it's a really pretty belt. A lot of talk about US titles and what they look like mm. in the last couple of weeks, and uh, WWE could do a lot worse than just revert to this Sting version of the US title. It's just really. It's really so, pretty, not gaudy, like fits Sting perfectly. He looks like a champion wearing it. WWE could do a lot worse than doing a lot of the things WCW were doing. Uh, yeah, man. I don't, I don't have to talk about WWE until Sunday, so I'm just going <laughs> to leave that there. Um, and he says, I don't, I don't know if he's a licensed um, counsellor, but he says that he's going to get Macho Man and Lex Luger, who have been having some real problems the last couple of weeks, uh, out into the ring, and he's going to sort this out one way or another. Uh, I, it just really reminded me of the way my mum used to speak to my my sister and myself when we were about 12 and 10, respectively, <laughs> <laughs> and we were hitting each other with, you know, whatever we could get our hands on. You two are going to sit here and resolve this. Until, <laughs> uh, you're not going anywhere until this is resolved. And the Sting, uh, Sting really had that kind of vibe about him <laughs> in this promo. Well, I really liked, so he sort of wanders out and, while they're uh, still at the announce table. And, like, Bischoff straight away is saying, get him a mic and stuff. So it just sort of, it, it, it really feeds into that idea that you just don't know what's going to happen on Nitro. Mm-hmm. No, I, I I actually noticed that as well. And this is the is this the second or third week in a row where someone's come out and interrupted. It's definitely the the second. We'll see a lot more of this. This is going to happen so much. It is for me really interesting to see how like the germs of because I I feel like the NWO era is sort of like burnt into my my subconscious and i don't really i i feel like i was watching it this time but i really remember a lot of it so it's interesting for me to see the seeds of what would essentially become nitro tropes appearing you know like yeah the the intro being interrupted by someone and yeah i um, think it's it's like absolutely fascinating to see how they're sort of doing these things that would work out really really well in about 10 months and they're sort of Maybe a little bit undercooked at this point. Yeah, there's um, well, yeah, there's a moment with Hulk later on that I that I really want to talk about in regards to that. But we we cut to the ring and the shark. Who I I don't know how you're going to feel about this, Matt, because you are the the Dungeon of Doom uh, aficionado on the podcast. But I think the shark might be my favourite member of Dungeon of Doom. <laughs> Oh look, that is that is a fundamentally stupid thing to say. Um, <laughs> I I have no what? problem. He's a shark. He's terrifying. <laughs> he's he's not. Let's, <laughs> let's be very clear. You know what I love about the shark, right? Is that even his like sort of um, you know, uh, what's the best way of describe it? Like you know, Fitzroy Primary School hippie market 
child face paint that he has of a shark is <laughs> so bad. Like, it's degrade. Like, I assume he's just doing it himself. I assume this is just old school 80s. Yeah, I don't think know, that they, they don't have hair and makeup people to, <laughs> doing this for him. No, I don't think this is a uh, professional job um, for the shark. I just, I just like how much they sell. Like every single thing that the announcers say is like a vicious shark attack in the ring. The shark's circling him. The shark can smell blood. It's like, do they realise he's not an actual shark? And if he was an actual shark, he'd be dead because he's in a wrestling ring. He's just a quite overweight man. Uh, being beaten on by a surfy guy. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I do. At least they're trying to put him over, though. You know what I mean? Like, it's a terrible gimmick, but they're still, as good commentators do, selling mm. the gimmick, no matter how dumb it is. <laughs> a vicious you know I mean? shark attack. I, did, I wrote that down that, uh, <laughs> that Mongo's like, uh, lets us know that there's a mean shark in the ring and the sting better watch out. <laughs> Um, as compared to those night sharks. Like, I wish Mongo really had have gone more in depth. He's like, I was hoping the shark would be a gummy, but unfortunately it's a great white and it's hungry today. Uh, <laughs> um, the shark is John Tenter, isn't it? Yeah, former former yeah. sumo wrestler. Yeah. And was he Earthquake in WWE? He was Earthquake, yes. The yeah. natural disasters with Tugboat. Or was um, it he's Typhoon? Said, sorry, Typhoon. I was I Typhoon just had now the match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. Typhoon became Tugboat later on. Is that right? Tugboat is a very depressing idea for a gimmick, isn't it? I know. <laughs> like, what's the That's least where, kind of ship? I think I know. It's not even the most threatening ship. It's like a Thomas the Tank <laughs> Engine character, and then Tugboat came. I can't do. I'm, I'm not going to do accents. Um, well, misconstrued. <laughs> Um, you're called Togbolt, said the psycho chairman. Um, <laughs> now, for all of you, for all of you, I'm from Broadmeadows. For all of you who are looking for a 60 minute Ric Flair slobber knocker, well, you're not getting it because this match goes for about two minutes. And uh, after Sting hits two uh, Stinger splashes, um, the shark's done. So this was, <laughs> and he, he gets the win off a flying crossbody, which I'm like really, mm. really into. I like. I think wins happening in transitional moves gives reasons for wrestlers to, when they're facing someone more important, to like hit a flying crossbody and go for the pin. Like it, it, yeah. it just creates logic. Of course, he should. Like the sting should beat the sting should beat the shark with a flying crossbody. Like he shouldn't have to, you know, hit. 10 dirty deeds off the uh off the giant casino <laughs> chip or whatever. <laughs> uh, you got you got really close. Really close to slagging off uh Dean Ambrose, as you call him. <laughs> <laughs> He's gonna catch up with you one day, man. You're in deep shit. Um <laughs> Next, we get a wonderful recap of uh, Hulk Hogan being attacked by Terry Jones from The Life of Brian, and uh, the, the giant breaks his neck all over again and uh, and then shaves off his moustache, which Mungo is really upset about. And I don't know if you noticed this, Matthew, but he's been growing it for 25 years. Uh, it's, I mean, he's never trimmed it himself. It's... <laughs> like, obviously, he must have been doing a movie... Um... Like, that's the only thing that makes sense, right? This was around the... I don't know if this was around the time... Because he... From what I know, and this might be completely wrong, but wasn't he doing a TV show in in Florida at the time and then that worked out well for him to be able to go to WCW because they were going to re- they were going to film in Orlando for a bit or something and that's why he signed on? Oh, and that's that's why, yes, of course, because he sort of transitioned out of wrestling and became a massive TV star, and that's why people uh, know him now. They know him as uh... <laughs> no, no, but it, I mean, the TV show was awful. But it was like set on boats in the Florida swamplands, or so. He was some essentially like a, I think he was a cop. It was meant to be like a Miami Vice type thing. Thunder in Paradise. Yes. That's it. But is that now or is that later on? I think that might be later on. No, that's that. that's that's now. 
That yeah, is right it, now. My God. So I think the mustache came off for that. <sighs> what a... Uh, oh, this is a controversial opinion. I think he looks better without the mustache. Yeah, I think that, that's fair enough. Um, <laughs> uh but anyway, he'd been growing for 25 years, so it's a tragedy that it had been shaved off by the, the evil Taskmaster. Um, there's an ad for Halloween Havoc uh, where we're told that there are two parts of the giant Hulk blow-off uh, and the, the rules of the monster truck match, which I know looms very large in your legend, Matt, is that one of the monster trucks has to push another monster truck more than 100 yards I'm not sure how any of this is measured. I don't know <laughs> whether this is what happens at monster truck rallies, but um, this is what's this is not. This is not a monster truck rally, to be clear. This is a professional wrestling match uh, where the men become a machine <laughs> and then will eventually transition back to men. Uh I just, I just want to, is, sorry. I just, I just need to go back because I've, I've IMDb'd yeah. uh, Thunder in Paradise, uh, cool. And Hulk Hogan played, and this is such a '90s thing. He didn't just have like a name. He wasn't just like, you know, uh, John Pemba. He was Randolph J. Hurricane Spencer. <laughs> <laughs> is Hurricane Spencer hyphenated? Uh, it is. Uh, or is that is in in. Uh, it's his nickname. So he's Hurricane. Oh, that's his Spencer, nickname, right? Right. But right. It comes into like a hurricane. And he's but he's Randolph J. Uh, Spencer. But he got Hurricane. I'm assuming. I'm gonna. I'm gonna put out a guess here. I reckon he might have been involved in the army in the past. Right. Okay. <laughs> Just yes. Um. Anyway, tune yeah, in on uh, so- Wednesday nights for our Thunder in Paradise podcast. Oh God. I don't. I don't even think I could handle that. I watch a lot of shit TV. I don't think I could watch Thunder in Paradise. <laughs> Maybe one day we'll do like a watch along of one episode or something as like some sort of special bonus content or something. <laughs> I could. Ha- I could handle that. Like as a one off, I could do it. But th- it didn't go for very long, did it? So it'd be a short mini series for us if we were to do it. Look, I. I it it got, went for too long to do it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, and then we and so that happens, and then we get a proper match for the belt. So it kind of makes the monster truck match inconsequential to what happens later on in the pay per view. Why it's happening is I assume that, um, Hulk Hogan wants revenge for the giant monster trucking over his motorbike unnecessarily. Um, Mm -hmm. how this is actual revenge, I don't know. That was given to him by fans from Cavalier Harley Davidson's uh, Los Angeles Orange, Orange County <laughs> Sunset <Harley> Boulevard. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Uh, <laughs> it'll be great. Didn't get, I was surprised they didn't get another payola ad in there because all of those guys did. You know, later on we'll see. All of those guys are massive bike heads. Like they love motorbikes and stuff. So it's just. It is so obviously blatant payola to just constantly. <laughs> Mention these Harley Davidson stores. <laughs> and uh, uh, sorry, man, you go. No, no, you go. Oh, I was just going to say. Next up, we've got Sabu. He's back again. Finally, after serving whatever kind of suspension or you know whether he was away, whether he didn't show up, whatever the hell it was, he, he's gr- he's so good. He's like he's he's sorry. Yeah. It is it's against Mister JL. Um. Yeah. Who I don't know. I don't really know anything about. Can you I fill some blanks in for me? Because yeah. I don't know anything about him. So Jerry Lynn, it, it, it's Jerry Lynn, uh, who has wrestled sort of everywhere. Um, he was in WCW for a few years. He went to ECW for ages. He was ECW champion um, right. for a couple of months in sort of right at, right at the end. Um, and he was also Ring of Honor champion, but once again for a couple of months. Like he, okay. he was sort of that sort of guy that was good, but wasn't. You know, I think in Ring of Honor he was in between. I think he beat Nigel McGuinness, and he lost to Austin Aries. Um, 
Right. So he was sort of, but and it was it was a couple of months. Um, you know, he was in TNA for a while. He was part of that uh really really successful. Um, the thing that sort of got TNA to sort of where it is now is the sort of number one A wrestling company uh, in in the world, which is the um the hardcore invasion where they couldn't call themselves ECW. They were Extreme Violence 2.0, and they didn't really have as many of the stars and the stars that they did have uh well you know 10 to 15 years uh out of shape um right yeah so he was he was part of that he's probably one of the better parts of that and he's a i'm pretty sure he's this is i could look it up but i'm not going to i'm relatively sure he works for all elite wrestling as a producer now yeah right so he's, he's legit he's really good but uh this character of him sort of in a full body lucha door suit is not uh doesn't give him an opportunity to shine. Hmm. He took some big bumps in this match. I would like I wouldn't say the match was exactly a squash match. Um No, no, no. But it, it was definitely it was definitely, you know, booked to make Sabu look, you know, crazy but also strong. And the, the crowd um, he would really behind Sabu, like as in like they yeah. would he continued the attack after the bell and the crowd were cheering him. Yeah, um, well he he wins with a camel clutch and then proceeds to beat the hell out of Mr. D, uh, Mr. JL. But we can't watch that, uh Matthew, because it's time to talk about Hulk again. And um the f- <laughs> it cuts to the boys at the desk. And the, the crowd happened to Sabu. Yeah. Oh, well, dude, to be fair, it happens to everybody. I mean, not like Arn and Rick cop it real bad later on in the episode. <laughs> um, but it cuts like, cut to the boys of the commentary and they're doing their, you know. I mean, I was thinking about this because we we hang a lot of shit on Hulk and the way that, you know, WCW book Hulk, especially right now. But it kind of, from a TV point, point of view, it does sort of make sense, right? Like he's the star of the show and the the show only goes for an hour so i think most people flicking through like you can tell that each segment they mention hulk hogan i think it's a very deliberate you know thing to be like you know make sure you mention hulk hogan every five minutes because if someone's just flicking through and they hear hulk hogan they're likely to stick around hmm. rather than sabu you know I'm not having a go at Sabu. Like, you know, I would much prefer to sort of watch Sabu wrestle than Hulk, but I get it from Eric Bischoff's standpoint of like, you know, the reason why we pay all this money to Hulk Hogan is because people want to watch Hulk Hogan. So let's just keep pushing that as much as possible. Yeah. And uh, look, I think it makes absolute perfect sense. Um, but it also can be relatively frustrating. <laughs> it is. I mean, it's mental. You know, it really is. Ric Flair, who was w, who was WWF World Champion not that long ago. Um, you know, they've got people like you know, arguably, if people were flipping around and saw a guy like Sabu, like leaping off the ring apron onto a chair onto a human being, uh, you know, twenty five years ago, they might have stayed around to see what the hell was going on. But uh, yeah. Anyway, we get to hear about Hulk Hogan, so I'm happy. <laughs> well, I think Eric's thing is like, well, you know, have the action happening, but make sure you're talking about Hulk, you know, because mm. then, you know. Anyway, um, I find it just as annoying. But, I mean, I, from a business standpoint, I think it kind of makes sense, you know. Um, yeah, so they're talking about Hulk Hogan, and then uh, it cuts back to the ring and stings in the ring with Mean Gene, who we don't see that much of in this episode. Uh, and um, he wants to talk to Lex, but he won't talk to Lex until he brings out Macho Man. And, of course, we have to have Macho Man's entrance because that's the Macho Man and, and rules. Um, then once he gets out there, Sting's trying to say to Lex and Macho Man, hey, like, uh, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but, like, Dungeon of Doom are beating us on every possible angle at the moment. And this is like um, a big deal because Sting hasn't been around for four, four or five weeks. Yeah. Like he basically just hasn't been on Nitro. So for him to be like, guys, I've been sitting at home watching. Like you guys are yeah. 
you, you know, we've got to get on the same page here, friends. They have a yeah, series of undead monsters and the Brutus the Barber Beefcake. <laughs> uh, the man from Yin and Yang, uh, which is not a place. And um, Macho Man, of course, accuses Sting of being in the Dungeon of Doom. I don't think Macho Man knows who's in the Dungeon of Doom. To Macho Man, everyone's in the Dungeon of Doom. If you were Macho Man and you were earning what he was earning at that stage and at that stage of his career and looking at people uh, dressed like that, you probably wouldn't care either. (laughs) But he does care. That's the thing. He cares intensely. He gets in Sting's face and he's like, how come the giant has... (laughs) How come the giant hasn't attacked you? And as you've said, Matthew, he hasn't been on Nitro for five weeks. Yeah, it's like it's like a pretty easy, easy thing for Sting to answer. I would have thought because it's like because I'm not on the show. Like he's not coming to my house. If, if that's if that's what you're asking, he's not. He's not Stone Cold or Brian Pillman. <laughs> um, Lex Luger, by the way, so- is is wearing sort of like a captain's jacket, but the kind of captain's jacket that like a sort of like disco, like Captain and Tennille would wear. Like it's not a real captain's jacket. It's like it makes it very clear that he considers himself an important sort of standout person, but, cle- mm-hmm. but it's it's also clear he's not really the captain and if the boat did start sinking, he would be able to leave and maintain his dignity. Yeah, well, I mean, it, it, it would turn into a flotation device, that jacket, and just the, <laughs> the size of it. The, the amount of material to cover those shoulders is is off the chain. Is Lex Luger um, once again our, our five weeks in a row weekly worst? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Like, <laughs> he, uh, Sting, I like the fact that these promos aren't scripted and they, they go off a little bit because, I don't know, it feels more real when people sort of stumble over their words at times. But Macho Man's role is to be like, I don't trust anyone. Um, so basically once Macho Man says he doesn't trust anyone, Sting just books Halloween Havoc. <laughs> he basically just says, uh, Macho Man, you're fighting some dude from Dungeon of Doom. Lex Luger, you're fighting some dude from Dungeon of Doom. You'll both win. And then when you do, you two will have to wrestle each other for the number one contender's spot, basically, for the belt because we all want to win the belt which has sort of been a very loose storyline amongst <laughs> macho man sting uh and lex luger whereas i want someone in the dungeon of doom to win the belt um well yeah i mean i can't i i genuinely can't remember i i, I think zodiac <laughs> picks it up um at one of the pay-per-views uh, against Hulk. I think he gets his big win back. Um, Zodiac does. Well, it makes sense. I mean, he's obviously a crowd favourite. Yeah. Is the Bret Hart of WCW as far as technical wrestling is concerned. So, of course, you know, he oh, covers all. Don't worry about that. He's the Jesus of WCW wrestling. Um. <laughs> <laughs> So this this was pretty convoluted because then Lex Lex gets sort of like antsy about having to have another match, even though the whole storyline is that everyone wants the belt, right? Lex is like, but I've already got a match of Halloween having, and now you're booking me another match, which to be fair, I would be like that. You know what I mean? I'd be like, who are you? You're just a wrestler. You don't get to decide these things. And I already have a match of Halloween Havoc. Like, I know you're my mate, but fuck off, like get out of my face. And then Sting just completely like flips out on him. And it's like, hey, I've been sticking up for you all over the place, but now that you won't do what I'm saying, I'm angry with you. That's essentially what happens at this point. <laughs> but also it's like it's not just saying like, oh, you know, I've, I'm going to have to, oh, you know, like oh, who knows if I'm going to make it past this one. It's going to be really hard. It's like I reckon Lex Luger like is going to make pretty quick work of the shark or like – uh, you know, the Zodiac or man. I don't know. I don't know if he's up against the shark, man. I I think he's going to get there. I think he's going to be A-OK. Is the shark my new Johnny B. Bad? Hmm. I hope so. I think he might be. I think he might be. 
I do jump onto I do jump onto new wrestlers pretty quickly and then be obsessed with them for like a month and then move on to the next wrestler. <laughs> I'm not sure you're gonna get enough uh I'm not sure you're gonna get enough the shark to get really onto the shark. Yeah, sharky action. Yeah. Oh, well. Shark um, <laughs> So yeah, so basically uh, we have almost made this as confusing as the promo was, but I mean, it's hard because this promo was all over the place. So now we've got two matches set up at Halloween Havoc, and if Macho Man and Lex Luger win, they go into a number one contenders match, and then whoever wins that, that's it. No more arguing, I think, is what Sting's saying. Yep, great. If, if we don't, <laughs> if we get to see less of this, I am A plus with Booker Sting. Yeah. Um, Next up, we're introduced to Chris Benoit, who has they they make a pretty big deal. Like this is like a little vignette shows him coming up in a limousine. He gets out of the limousine. Uh, Eric says he's come all the way from Japan to compete against the best. Uh, Chris Benoit and does look. I mean, Benoit wasn't uh, the best of actors. You know what I mean? I mean, this is this no, is that's what I'm. Thing you can say about Chris Benoit, yeah. but. Uh, <laughs> To be fair, I think at this point, um, when you're watching it, if you're thinking, "Huh, he's not that good an actor," that's great. That's amazing. <laughs> that's probably the best you could think of at this point. Uh, I mean, it yeah. does. Even though, given that the the general purpose of this is to complain about uh, the fact that WCW has been unfairly maligned, um, Chris Benoit is a very good, uh, in fact, potentially the living embodiment of of that because. You know, he is uh, someone that hasn't been over in WWF. They make him out to be this huge world-conquering star. In a couple of years, he's going to be the champion. Um, it's pretty hard um, to make the argument that, you know, they didn't do right by him. Who, WCW? Yes. Yeah, no, no, they... No, they've put, I mean, this would be, you would be, if you were Chris Benoit, you'd be very happy with this, besides your own acting. Mm. Um, you'd be happy with this introduction. Uh, gotta say that there's this weird, we're in 1995 and wrestlers are renowned. We talk about this on all of our podcasts. Wrestlers are renowned for being anywhere between five and seven years behind popular culture. Mm-hmm. So much so that sometimes it's like it, it's cool again. You know what I mean? Like Brian Pillman Jr.'s mullet right now is sick, um, <laughs> but it's also like not cool. But it's so not cool that it's cool. You know what I mean? Um, the fact that like the fact that uh, Ricky Starks is dressed like you know uh, someone from a Wayne's film from the early nineties is also a similar kind of thing. And Chris Benoit's mullet in this is. So 1987, it's not funny. Mm. I mean, it, it's hilarious, but it's but <laughs> it's so big, man. Well, it I mean, looks perfect. You've got like you know Bobby Heenan making like Flash Gordon references and talking like playing <laughs> two up or whatever. Um, <laughs> so it's nice to come back in, even though we're in 1995. It's nice to go back to 1987 for a little while. Go oh, for was transported straight back there as soon as he got out of the limousine. It's, it is a how do you wrestle in that thing? You know what I mean? It must it must be weighing down his head. How are you going to do a flying headbutt with that thing stuck on the back of your head? Dangerous. Can't wait to see this. Yeah, it's a <laughs> It'd add an extra 15 kilos to the weight of his head. Uh, I mean, uh, y- y- you can't wait to see this. I'm going to go on the record right now and say I'm not sure I'm going to enjoy a single one of the serious head injuries we witness uh, Chris Benoit take on a regular. Uh... Shit, I don't think about that. You've. Uh... I was, I'm just trying to entertain the people. <laughs> I, I mean, do not yeah. in any way condone. Uh... <laughs> You guys know what I mean. Next up, we got uh, Disco Inferno, <laughs> that little scamp, and he's up to his usual shenanigans. Uh, he he can't dance. <laughs> I don't remember. I remember him being able to do some, like, kind of do some of that, like John Travolta finger pointing dancing. He can't even do that. I, but anyway, he's he's in the middle about. Um how these sort of tropes of Nitro sort of develop and we're seeing the really early things of things they would do with different people later and really work. 
Bischoff's like, he's not on the roster. He's not supposed to be here. And I'm like, this is the Outsiders, just uh, with some guy disco <laughs> dancing. <laughs> the yeah. original Nitro yeah. Invasion. Yeah, it's... um. Yeah, I mean, yeah, probably, but I mean, uh, 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 it's yeah, he's more of he's more of a um, he's more of a comedy wrestler, you know, at this stage. Uh, and talk about a couple of like, so we see Big Bubba come out, which is Big Boss Man. Most people would know him as Big Boss Man. Um, he comes out. We're still wearing his weird sort of like Chicago nineteen thirties gangster style. I don't understand. I think that's how he's meant to be dressed up as. I don't understand what his character is. Um, why he's called Big Bubba? It might, like it must be a gangster thing. I don't know. It doesn't. He doesn't get any time to develop his character. So who the fuck knows? There was when I was a kid. There were uh, Big Bubba lolly cigars, and on the wrapper there was like a gangster. Yeah, I don't know if it's like a. Is he? Is it from that? Is he a reference to the lollies, or were the lollies a reference to him? To an Australian lolly from the mid eighties. <laughs> well, I think we've, uh, we've unravelled that little mystery. Mm-hmm. Another mystery solved here on reconsidering. <laughs> uh, look, the long and the short of this is that Big Bob is not really involved in this at all. Uh, Road Warrior Hawk comes out and Disco grabs someone's hat out of the out of the crowd and pops it on one of his spikes on his um, armor, which Road Warrior Hawk gets very angry about. Uh, the Not match starts. Fury. <laughs> he is. He's really angry. Uh, the match starts, and then Disco can't help himself. He comes out and starts doing some of his just awful dancing. Um, and then <laughs> uh, Hawk gets really upset. Chases him out of the ring, beats him down, and then forgets that the match was happening and gets counted out. So that's a that's a um, Saturday night main of not main event. That's a Saturday. What do they call their Saturday night? WCW Saturday Night. Oh, God. <laughs> anyway, well, that's a Saturday night feud that we won't be dealing with. I'm pretty sure. Nope. <laughs> uh, next up, it's time for Poochie. Uh, who's Poochie? Well, we all know who Poochie is. It's Hulk Hogan. And uh, this is what I was alluding to earlier. He's all dressed in black, uh, including the neck brace, which, mwah, like chef's kiss. Mwah. <laughs> the, the black neck brace is beautiful. There's a whole bunch of stuff that happens in this promo that I didn't really quite understand. Like Vince gets mentioned. New York gets mentioned. The promoter um, in New York. He he just like yeah, he's the, just absolutely rambling about him for who knows what reason. Yeah, it's a it feels like a really long time as well. He talks about how he will, he'll wrestle and beat gorgeous George in heaven. I wrote I wrote um, down two quotes from what I like to call the original pipe bomb, which is what this is. Um <laughs> When he's talking about his mustache getting shaved off, he goes, they might as well have put graffiti on the Washington Monument. They might as well have burned the US flag. And I was like, wow, that is, uh, you are taking this very, very seriously. Even me and Gene goes, well, now, steady on, old chap. And and then he he goes, uh, the last thing I'll do with my immortality is beat gorgeous George in heaven. I'm like, Hmm. what does that mean? Like, first of all, you're immortal and you're saying the last thing you will do with that immortality is something that doesn't make any sense on ver- for, like, various reasons. Like, if you're immortal, you can't go to your heaven to beat gorgeous George uh, mm. and you can't, like, cash in bits of immortality as, like, a, I'm going to use some of my immortality on beating gorgeous George. <laughs> also, gorgeous George dead and not someone that Hulk Hogan is feuding with currently on the WCW roster. No, but in heaven he is. So he called him out. He called his shot, you know. Wow. Wow. Will Gorgeous George. uh, Well, Gorgeous George will feature in WCW at some point uh, as Macho Man uh, owns the name Gorgeous George and his girlfriend who at the time who it's absolutely not uh, unfair to refer to as a softcore porn star, as that's what she was, uh, portrays Gorgeous George. So maybe Hulk Hogan is talking about 
defeating uh, Macho Man's future girlfriend. For some reason, that's also in heaven. Um, so this is future Hulk Hogan, who's coming back to call out future Macho Man's girlfriend, Gorgeous George. Yes, which I believe still makes more sense than anything else. Um, we should write wrestling. Uh, also, like, uh, I don't want to pose a philosophical question um, on on the podcast, but um, w- when does immortality end, Hulk? You really made me think with that one, you know, at the end of his immortality. Hmm. That's a that's a that's an interesting point because maybe he's saying the last thing he'll do with his immortality um, is beat gorgeous George in heaven just before uh, Earth and and heaven and all the other planets are sucked into a black hole and he'll spend hmm. uh, the rest of immortality just floating around some distant universe, um, unable to do anything with his immortality. Other than Maybe he's talking about the concept that the universe is expanding so quickly that human existence and consciousness can't actually comprehend it. So eventually, once it does get comprehended, that we will all just disappear into nothingness. Maybe. I mean, or maybe, maybe he's, on, he's on cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> Another mystery solved. <laughs> Cocaine's a hell of a drug. <laughs> um. Yeah, I referenced Chappelle's show. It's 2004. Um, oh, wow, you really are on the wrestling timeline. <laughs> I know. I'm the coolest wrestler around. Uh, I'm I really I, into I'm Chappelle. I'm mad about uh, you, you referencing Chris Benoit earlier because you just don't know what's coming. <laughs> so. I don't. I don't. I'm really into Chappelle's show and the Arctic Monkeys. That's my, you know what I mean? That's, <laughs> that's actually true. Um, you're sort of picking bands that have, have released good albums recently. It's like, you know, like yeah, I really no, like I the Strokes. Said that. Like, yeah. Now it's <laughs> the two times you can like the Strokes. Yeah, as soon as I said Arctic Monkeys, I was like, oh, actually, their last album is probably like one of my most favorite albums of all time. <laughs> so it's, yeah. Uh, anyway, so while Hulk is going on this, um, oh, is dropping, you know, the original pipe bomb. Uh, we hear a, um, a engine revving, and it's not a Butcher and the Blade. It is the, well, it's the Dungeon of Doom. We've got the Taskmaster. We've got the Giant. Uh, we've got Zodiac hanging out up on the top of this uh, monster truck. And they they get to the arena in Chicago, and three men uh, stop them from driving into the arena. Um, why you wouldn't just drive forward into the, into the arena, I don't know. I mean, but, why uh, you, it really shows your mentality of like, well, my car is bigger than them and therefore can kill them. I'm talking in in relation of like bad guys. Like they're meant to be bad guys. What? Like they come screaming. They're not going to murder security guards. Why not? <laughs> they're the Dungeon of Doom. I'm not saying murder them. Say like. You just keep going so they have to get out of the way. All right. You know how you said um, last time that you'd be willing to... There was some some wrestling move that you were interested in in taking. Next. Oh, the- this was on our AEW podcast where I said, if it made us famous, I would let Matt Hardy <laughs> smash my head into a garage door. Well, next week, uh, live <laughs> on our WCW show, you'll be run over by a monster truck. <laughs> no, but I wouldn't be run over because it's a giant fucking truck and I would see that it was coming and I would run out of the way like a, like a sensible person. <laughs> I wouldn't stand in front of a monster truck and say, stop, especially when Zodiac is on the roof of the thing. Like, as soon as, soon as you saw the uh, monster truck coming toward you with the giant hanging out the window, the Taskmaster out the other window, and the Zodiac on the roof of the thing, you just run as far. Like, you, I don't get paid enough to deal with whatever this is. Well, clearly those three <laughs> people are getting paid extremely well. They're like, I like Hogan's protection. So... Uh, Hulk's like, let them in, let them in. And Mean Gene's saying, no, 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 they can't. They can't be let in. And then Hulk says, well, if they can't be let in, I'm going to go out and, and confront them. Why does Hulk Hogan hate the law so much? Well, it's because he's wearing all black. He's an outlaw, you know. He's an anti-hero. 
he's not. He's CM Punk essentially. <laughs> I'm pretty sure this is where CM Punk got his inspiration from. It's disgusting <laughs> to watch, uh, like Hulk Hogan essentially be trademark infringed uh, when CM Punk, whenever he does it. <laughs> right. Well, there's another wrestler that's going to hate us. So we should never go to a wrestling con or like we should <laughs> we should never go anywhere near any wrestler ever. Yeah. Uh, next up we have the main event and it's Ric Flair versus Arn Anderson again. But this time it's in a cage. Hey, JJ, JJ, JJ. Um, once again, essentially the commentators talk about Hulk Hogan throughout the majority of this match. Of course, it's Arn Anderson, Ric Flair, so it's a good match. Uh, I was interested in watching it, but really it, the, they just keep talking about, oh, Hulk's going out to the, the truck and blah, 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 blah. Um, I would be really upset if I was Rick or Arn <laughs> at this stage, which I think is I think is pretty well known that they were. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, in the end, Ric Flair goes for um, the figure four leg lock. Arn uh, gets him with a knuckle duster, which I assume, I, I must have missed it, but Pillman slipped in the yes, knuckle yeah, dusters. Um, yeah, gets the win. We pan away from the match. It goes to the guys on the commentary team, and then Rick appears on the commentary dais and basically says, I've had enough. Next week, Pillman and Anderson, you're up against me. I'm going to scour the earth for a tag team partner. Um, I'm pretty sure it's going to be Chris Benoit, but um, like the guy who just arrived at WCW earlier in, earlier in the episode. So I don't think he's going to have to look too hard. But um, and yeah, that match is set for next week. And um, also we can tick off Pepe Watch here, who's dressed up in a little Chicago Bears outfit. Which makes sense for some reason. <laughs> you know that we've been doing this podcast for a little bit now when we're like, oh, yeah. And Pepe was wearing a Chicago Bears outfit. <laughs> I feel like at some point Mongo's going to transition to being a wrestler. And I don't think mm. he took dog out with him. Um, and I think I'm going to miss uh, Pepe. Uh, yeah, I'm going to miss Pepe as well. Well. That's all we got time for. What a sad, <laughs> what a sad note to end on. <laughs> well, Pepe, uh, this is now uh, up with gorgeous well, jewelry yeah. in heaven. Um. <laughs> the Hulkster's like, I'm going to spend the end of my mortality wrestling Pepe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, these episodes are, I mean, they, I mean they're not. They're not completely crazy, but there is a part of me every week when I watch it where I'm like, I can't believe that this was national primetime television. You know what I mean? There's times where it's like it's so, like that promo between Sting and Macho Man and Lex Luger, there's no <laughs> there's no cohesion. It's all over the place. Like this was TV. This was this was TV. And it's like it's it's so weird watching them back. Where you sort of like we've we've talked about before, um, sort of knowing like oh being like oh wow like Sabu could have been a, like a main event heel like at least have a run yeah. against someone like Hulk like that would be really cool, but it's it's also weird watching it back and seeing Hulk Hogan and being like, oh man things are gonna like you're gonna get filmed having sex with your best friend's wife and being racist. At the same mm. time, like things aren't gonna like aren't gonna work out for you, brother. Uh, no, you know I get that example I mean, yeah. a more obvious example from this episode um, of unforeseeable things to happen. Um, yeah, but uh, the, like it's it's you know all of them. It's like except for Eric Bischoff and who you're like, oh yeah, two weeks ago he was on uh, on T primetime TNT on a wrestling show. <laughs> Yeah, Sting has an okay life these days. He's like a football coach, like he's part of a football program. Yeah, like a he's a fitness dude. Oh, fair enough. Um, um, and works for a college football team. Um, and his son is like a gun 
football player who's like on the verge or has just been drafted in the NFL. So like, and he's fan, like he's, he seems to have a relatively normal life for an ex wrestling superstar. Well, it's like, it's, you're watching it though. And you're like, okay, well, like Hulk Hogan's like absolutely canceled. Uh, Lex Luger. Everybody else on this episode. (laughs) Lex Luger killed Elizabeth um, with his drug addiction and her drug addiction. Uh, and now he's a Christian preacher. Like the, going through this episode, uh, things are like the the giant has done for someone that seems extremely unhinged. To be honest, at this stage, a giant's done pretty well for himself. Just has a stupid Netflix show that no one should watch, and that's those. Um, I mean, we're really getting off on tangents now. But th- those uh, that big show show, and there's like some big crossover thing with like four or five Netflix sitcoms I didn't even know existed. That's like the the level of comedy in those is like beneath, like Saved by the Bell. Like it's so, so white bread bubble gum safe. Oh, it's atrocious. But anyway, I mean, he's, you know, I assume he's doing well. <laughs> but, yeah, um, there's not, uh, there aren't a lot of good news stories out of this episode, you know, 20, 25 years down the track. No, no, there's not. Uh, but anyway, um, Pepe's dead. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> that should be, that's our sign off for every episode from now on. <laughs> Remember, everyone, Pepe's dead. Catch you next week. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't even want to do the proper outro anymore. I think that's perfect. Pepe's dead. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, uh, a good news story is us. Uh, a lot of people are listening to us, <laughs> and uh, we want to thank you guys for that. Um, if you like what we're doing, um, tell more people about it. Uh, you can rate and review us, or you can subscribe on YouTube. Um, you can follow us on social media. We are WrestleWolf Pod on all of the socials. Uh, we're WrestleWolf Podcast at Gmail. If you want to send us an email to complain or, <laughs> or whatever it may be. Um, and uh, yeah, we should probably leave that there, man. We'll be back um, next week with reconsidering WCW Nitro episode seven. Goodbye. See ya. Pepe's dead.